brother! Tis the season, brother! December, it's cold outside, the hot chocolate is hot, and we're all looking forward to that one big day of the year. Star Wars Day! What joy, what merriment, and in the meantime we get weekly new episodes of the best show on TV featuring Galactic Heartthrob and his kinda so-so dad at being a dad? But that's not what we're talking about today. Today I want to talk about the original Star Wars Heartthrob, Chewbacca! best friend Han Solo. Yeah, I've been wondering a lot lately if they're gonna somehow make it so that the Mandalorian is force sensitive, but in my research, I started to realize that, man, you know who really seems like he was definitely force sensitive? Han Solo. So today we discuss, could Han use the force? Solo is among the most talented and lucky pilots in the galaxy. Despite not believing in the Force when we first meet him, he is still able to pull off a variety of feats. Like for one, he successfully navigates through an asteroid field, something that should be impossible, but doesn't even seem that impressive when you see what he had to do to get through the Kessel Run, which also should have been impossible. Oh, also, remember that time he manually pulled the Millennium Falcon out of light speed between the space of atmosphere and ground at Starkiller Base? Because that really happened. Like, I didn't do the math, but I also know that I'm not exaggerating. When I said that the margin of error was like 0.00000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000
Sort of. <sighs> I hesitate to even bring this word up, but it's kind of impossible to talk about force sensitivity without addressing it. So let's talk about midichlorians. Ah, uh, midichlorians. An answer to a question everyone had, but no one actually wanted the answer to, George Lucas. Yeah, I don't love them either, but on this particular topic, I found them to be a very pragmatic and useful way to discuss people's force potential. In case you don't know, midichlorians are a sentient microscopic organism that inhabit the cells of every living creature in the Star Wars galaxy. They were first introduced in The Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon takes a sample of Anakin's blood and discovers that he has an insanely high midichlorian count. Over 20,000. Even Master Yoda doesn't have a midichlorian count that high. It's a very annoying use of technobabble, but here we are. The Force itself speaks through midichlorians, meaning that people with really high counts of them can use the Force in a very active way, often to do something really cool like lifting rocks. So yes, every single person is born with midichlorians, meaning that they do have some small degree of Force sensitivity. But some people are born with higher counts, meaning that they have a greater potential use of the Force. But Potential is the key word. You could be born with a really high count, but that doesn't inherently make you powerful. It just means you have potential to be really powerful. On the other hand though, having a low count doesn't mean you can't be powerful either. Take for example, Chirrut Imwe, the blind monk from Rogue One. Chirrut is one of the guardians of the will, sort of a church of the force. He believes in it completely and is constantly stating his personal mantra. I want with the force, the force is with me. Chirrut is an example of a character who I think has a very low force sensitivity, probably not a higher count of midichlorians than any other galactic citizen. And yet, he is putting what he does have to the absolute limit and combining it with some extreme martial arts training. Can he use or manipulate the force? No. But is he super open-minded to it and allowing to let his body be guided by it? I think definitely. I mean, he's certainly not walking through this battlefield not getting shot by luck. In fact, I go as far as to say it is 100% not luck because they set this moment up by first having another guy, this guy, try to walk into the battlefield and... He gets pretty immediately blasted. Which is also a word in Star Wars that means you go to a cantina, have one too many drinks, immediately step outside, and then get blasted. Personally, I would argue that Chirrut would have made a great Jedi. I mean, he's so devout and dedicated to the Force and the way of the Jedi. But apparently that is not what's important to the Jedi. What they care about is magical power. For all of their proclaimed wisdom, the Jedi have clearly lost their way, and I think that's what the Metachlorians were supposed to represent to us, the audience. That instead of focusing on people's spirituality or their ideals, the Jedi had begun sifting through millions of blood samples taken from children at birth to try and farm out the kids with the highest Metachlorian count as good candidates to join the Order. Which, in case you are wondering, yes, that is how they were doing it, and why they didn't find Anakin at birth because they were only taking samples from people within the Galactic Republic and Anakin was born in the Outer Rim. Going back to Han, isn't that kind of our answer right there? Like, if he was so force sensitive, wouldn't his parents have been approached at birth to have him join the Jedi Order? Well, there are kind of a few things to unpack there. Like, for one, was Han actually born in the Galactic Republic? Actually, yes, he was. Han was born on a planet called Corellia where his father 
father worked on a shipyard, but whom with he was never close. Now, when we meet Han, he clearly does not believe in the Force. So, it's possible his father was approached, but since he didn't believe in it, just turned them down. But then in the Most Wanted novel, Han says that his father always thought Han would be better for flying ships rather than building them like he was, which he considered to be a pretty pointless existence. So with that in mind, I think he would have wanted his son to be able to get off the planet. But instead, what I think is going on here is that Han probably does have a higher midichlorian count than the average human, but just not high enough to register on the Jedi's watch list. Now, I don't know what the Jedi's magical midichlorian count number is that you need to be accepted by them, and we really don't know the count for most of the Jedi other than that Anakin's is over 20,000, which just sounds impressive. But just for the sake of example, and again, this is just my own personal speculation, let's just say maybe the average galactic citizen has a thousand midichlorians. And let's say that if you want to be noticed by the Jedi, you need a count of around 5,000 at the very low end. In that scenario, I'm betting Han is landing somewhere in the like 4,000-ish range, like way more than the average person, but not quite enough to like move rocks around and stuff. But he also doesn't believe in the Force at all or want to try and use it. And I think the end result is you just have what appears to be a super lucky person. This is why Han is almost always able to come out on top, because when he's put in a dangerous situation and he has to rely on nothing but his instincts, he is inadvertently using the Force without even really realizing it. You see? You can do it. I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Hans says he calls it luck, but what is the it he is referring to here? Sure, you might say just blindly deflecting laser shots, but Luke is actually doing what Obi-Wan just instructed him to do. This time, let go your conscious self and act on instinct. Instincts. Han calls it luck. Obi-Wan calls it the Force. And like, not for nothing here, but we totally know that Obi-Wan is right in this situation. Meaning, I think we can safely say that what Han is calling instincts actually is the Force. And on that note, let me ask you, what is maybe the most famous phrase from Star Wars? I got a bad feeling about this. No, I father. Yes, okay, those. But also, may the force be with you. Something they often say before they head into battle. And what they really mean is, good luck. Which is honestly what they say more often than, may the force be with you. Good luck. Good luck, Lando. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck, Paul. And beyond that, if you need any more convincing, let's look at his son, Ben Solo. How does uh, Luke describe him? I've seen this raw strength only once before. And then Solo. Now that is saying something because Luke himself has faced Darth Vader. Like he's inadvertently suggesting that both Kylo Ren and Rey are more powerful than Anakin was. Well, at least in terms of raw power and or potential. I somehow doubt that in their short time with the Force that either Kylo Ren or Rey would be a match for Darth Vader or Anakin and his years and years of war and destruction and training. Point is, that much power is impressive. So how did Kylo Ren end up with it? Well, the odd thing about most Force users in Star Wars is that they're all 
muggle-born in a sense. Like, they're all born of parents who are not able to use the Force. This is because almost all people who can use the Force get scooped up by the Jedi Order the moment they are born, and then, as part of the Jedi Code, they can't get married or reproduce. The big breaker of this rule is, of course, Anakin and Padme, who have two very Force-sensitive twins, which kind of suggests that midichlorians can be passed down genetically. I agree, it is a small sample size, but Leia does then go on to have Kylo Ren, who has even more potential power than even Darth Vader, so... Plus, Luke and Leia are the product of just one parent being Force-sensitive. I mean, in fairness, he's like the highest count they've ever seen, but still, just one. So, what I think is tipping the scales a little bit for Kylo Ren is that both his parents are somewhat Force-sensitive. Like, Leia way more than Han, and Han just a little bit more than the average person, but enough to tip the scales in their son and create the galaxy's new most dangerous person. Uh, but what about Rey then, Jay? Isn't she supposed to be just as powerful as Kylo? Where are her mega-powerful parents? Yes, good question. It is one we've tried to tackle several times here at Super Carlin Brothers. But I think the answer in this case is that she's actually just the product of the light side of the Force rising to meet the dark, as explained by Snoke in The Last Jedi. Darkness rises and light to meet it. And speaking of Rey, as one final little point here, the first indicator we get from her that she might be able to use the Force is her insane piloting of the Millennium Falcon. Which, as we said earlier, Han is also pretty good at. And I mean, if it's proof of concept for Rey, why not Han too? What it comes down to is I think that almost no matter what, if you're really sensitive in the Force, when you're acting on just instincts, the Force can have a way of taking over. Like, you see it when Luke is trying to pull the lightsaber out of the snow, or when Rey is trying to pull the lightsaber out of the snow, or really, anytime Han is doing anything in the Millennium Falcon. That's not how the Force works. Isn't it though, Han? Isn't it? Guys, thanks so much for watching. Be sure to ding that bell and like this video if you haven't already. If you want to see whether or not we think Han sacrificed himself at the end of Force Awakens, you can check out this video right here. Or if you want to see our theory on Rey being a dark twin, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, that's all I've got for you today, man. I will see you in another life, brother.